0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Good morning. Good morning. It is the bankroll challenge, or is it the single entry challenge? I forget where we were at on the semantics. We are coming off of an interesting week. That was me channeling Levitan right there. No, we are going to talk about my week five DFS lineups. I was on record last week as putting two teams in the SPY. You know, last week uh, or two weeks ago, I had, um, no, it was three weeks ago in the SPY. I had one in the little SPY that won for $10,000, but we weren't allowed to put it in the spreadsheet. So then we since corrected and we're now playing two SPY lineups that are on record in the spreadsheet. Last week we bricked out. We bricked out. This week we're back in the box. We're back in the box with a min cash. What's up, guys? Good morning, Willis. Good morning. A papa papa do pop man. That one, that's a tough one for this early in the morning, man. Um, so yeah, we're gonna run through these lineups. We're gonna run through the bankroll challenge, listener league. We could even look at a fan duel lineup. You know when you when you say on fan duel? All those A's are for how long it takes for the scoring to process. Looking at a pretty nice lineup here. We'll never know. It says it's in first. So we'll cover all of these. If you guys got questions from the slate, I will try to hit those. But this is me looking at the slate, looking at these lineups now with a fresh fresh eye. So this was the lineup I put in the big spy. This is the one that has over 5,000. People in it, you got the big top prize there, 100000 Now, I actually tweaked this one this morning, or this morning, yesterday morning, after the Aikens news, he was ruled out. I knew I wanted to do a Deshaun Watson double stack. And my thought was, I didn't love the bring back options on the Jags. And I know this is going to be blasphemous as a LaVisca Chenault super fan. But there were so many wide receiver plays I liked on yesterday's slate that I kind of wanted to punt off the bring back with Eifert. And I know it's gross and and all that stuff, but I wanted to get in Ridley and Nuke. And that's what I had in there currently with Fuller and Brandon Cooks. That was my default lineup that I was rolling with. However, when Akins was ruled out, that made Fells a much better play at 3,400 than Eifert. And so I knew I had to get Fells in, which then brought me to an interesting decision. Am I going to triple stack Deshaun Watson, which is what Leone did to great success? I didn't have the stomach for it. And honestly, I didn't even consider it that much. So what I did is I did Eifert to Fells, and I did Cooks to Chenault, which again, neither of those were, were bad plays by themselves, but I ended up losing a lot of points by getting off of Cooks. And that's something I think to think about where I had never thought about the triple stack in that in that situation. And I'm still not entirely sure. It would have had a domino effect on my lineup. Basically what Leone did is he did that triple stack and then he was able to get in Hopkins and Zeke into his lineup. So that's something to, for me to to think about because I like Cooks. I, I had him in my lineup, but he just, based on how I wanted to stack and construct this, I then couldn't fit him in my mind. I didn't consider the triple stack. But I think what we've kind of learned now at tight end is you can punt it off in a lot of ways. You can punt it off with Adam Troutman at the stone men, the thesis being the other plays that allows you to jam in, or you can just punt it off in an onslaught. Like if you're betting on this game, and it's similar a couple of weeks ago to the Cowboys. I saw people tossing Dalton Schultz in as a triple stack with two Cowboys wide receivers. It's like, you're making a bet on this game to go off, even though a lineup like this isn't going to win the Millie maker because you need everything to go right. And every time Cook scores a touchdown, that means Fells not scoring a touchdown. Every time Fuller does something, that means Cooks isn't doing something. So you can see how you need to be perfect in the really big stuff. But in this stuff, that's, you know, 5,000 people or less. You can just be really right about one game and get enough of a performance from those three guys to make it worth it. So it's something that I want to reevaluate, too, if I feel confident about a game environment or a stack is not being afraid of the triple stack, specifically if it involves the tight end, which we've seen to just be so erratic and we are eliminating our decisions by going for a really cheap one and a guy in a game environment we already like. So otherwise this lineup um, and you guys will see here in my other spy. I had three guys that I had in both lineups. I was my, my conviction plays, dare I say, were Mike Davis, Antonio Gibson and Hopkins. Those were the guys I wanted to play in, in both of my lineups and, and it worked great on, on Davis and Hopkins. I mean, this is kind of what I expected with Hopkins that he was going to come in under owned. You just see how construction was settling by Sunday morning. And there were four running back plays. Everyone wanted to play. They wanted to play Zeke. They wanted to play Mike Davis. They wanted to play CEH and they wanted to play Kareem Hunt. And so when you want to jam those three guys, it's going to naturally funnel you to a different construction. And that construction is probably going to involve a punt wide receiver. Like, Ola. oh, now I'm in my head about this pronunciation because I don't think it's, it's Olame. I- I'm not doing this this morning. Zacchaeus, whatever. So people were funneled to that and they weren't getting up to the high price wide receivers. And I know everyone likes to jam the top running backs. But DeAndre Hopkins, he's, he's this year's Michael Thomas. Maybe not quite on that level, but he has the floor and the ceiling of these running backs. So to me, to get a guy that I even liked better than Kareem Hunt and these guys, I thought he had a similar floor and ceiling at way less ownership. And so DeAndre Hopkins was a must play for me. And uh, it was a little slow going there for a while. He needed the fourth quarter to really heat up there, but uh, that worked out. And then Mike Davis, just an absolute smash. This will end up being the last week that we get him at that price. I mean, just a total bell cow, probably $2,000 underpriced for his role. And I think, I don't know if it's just still like the name value recognition. People just get freaked out because it's like, how could Mike Davis be this crusher? But I mean, he's, he's, he's Christian McCaffrey right now, like just full stop. So we'll see what his price jumps up to, but he was a must play for me. And then Antonio Gibson... I don't mind. I know some people get squeamish going down to these cheaper running backs. I didn't mind it at $5,000. His role had really beginning, uh, had begun to expand. And, you know, J.D. McKissick was an issue. J.D. McKissick still on the field for a ton of passing downs. But the way this game started, Gibson had three catches in that first quarter. I thought, all right, we're going to be good to go here. And then that offense was just absolutely atrocious. And then McKissick stole a lot of snaps, but it, it still didn't kill you. I mean, it, it really didn't kill you. I think the guy who got first place had Antonio Gibson in his lineup. Yeah. First place, Antonio Gibson. He also happened to have Chase Claypool. <laughs> How do you get on Chase Claypool at 4,100? That one I don't get. This is a wild lineup. This is a wild lineup. Bridgewater, Davis, Anderson. Fine. That checks out, but no bring back. You would think you'd have Ridley or Zacchaeus. In that. He does a one off Crowder. He does a one off Gibson, which fine, a one off Claypool, and then double tight end Kittle and Kelsey. No other correlations. These are the kind of lineups we talk about having to get everything right. I mean, this is getting everything right. No correlations there. It was just pick by pick. I'm going to get everything right. And what he had two things he didn't get right, Gibson and Kittle. Everything else was a smash. The Ravens D paying up at defense. That was, uh, that was sharp here. Um, Let's see. Let me catch in on the chat. Showdown thought leader, rest in peace. I know, man, my buddy, Mike Zicarian. he, he shipped $19,000 last night. I took the night off the first showdown slate. I think I had missed this year on an Island game showdown slate. My buddy, Mike shipped it. Um, Let's not look at the bankroll challenge league. I'm just a $10 donation. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, I did the same thing, scared of the triple stack. I think, I think we need to stop being scared of the triple stack, especially if those pieces are really cheap. You know, we can't triple stack the Chiefs. That's going to, that's going to squeeze the rest of our lineup too much. But when we're talking about Cooks in the low fours, we're talking about Darren Fells at 3,400. I think I'm coming around to the triple stack here. Yes, Joe. Joe and I on the tilt space last night on the line movement channel. You guys go check that out. I have the link to to line movement down below if you want to see our, our sweat from that. It was uh it was tough. It was tough. Uh, but we also lost Dak Prescott and uh and we had a couple Evan Ingram plays, including that big touchdown on the fake punt um that we had called back. So we were close. We were close. Um wow, this is quite I'm gonna try I, I shouldn't have uh, read this here. Pete motherfucking oh wow. Wow. Um, That's crazy one time. You are coming in hot on a Monday morning here. The double tight end ship, that's against everything I believe in. I know. Uh, I'm the same way, man. But uh, I guess you got to know the rules to break the rules. Let's see here. Jamarius in the Roto-Grinders chat. Did the game script give you pause on Gibson? Um, I know what you're saying because what was weird about Gibson's role is he had actually kind of iced Barber, and he had the early down work kind of locked down And yet McKissick was kind of the thorn in his side. So I see what you're saying. If they got down, how that would play into his workload. My thought was his role had continued to grow each week. And as much as it was probably a bad spot for them, it's still really hard to predict game script. And he's also um, a very good talent. He's a guy that can bust off big plays. He was going to projected to get goal line carries. And again, at $5,000, at relatively modest ownership, it just doesn't kill you. It just doesn't really kill you. So I um it was something where I really wanted to play Hopkins, and I was gonna have to get cheap at a couple of spots to do that. So I, I was okay with it. It was kind of a, a necessity um, for the lineups, and I just liked the blend of floor and ceiling at that price tag and ownership. And we didn't see the ceiling, but he, he didn't kill me. 10 points at $5,000 does does not kill you. Um, You know, this lineup, min caches, it could have been uh, a bit better. You know, early on, I had, um, like I said, I had Ridley in there with the Cooks lineup. And I think that Ridley-Cooks lineup um, would have done better. I kept that actually in um another lineup, but I would have to go dig for it to see what that put up. But that was this lineup here. We get back in here. Let's do the accounting right now. 150 right here um gotta update my spreadsheet on the show it's good tv did my conditional formatting work yes it did it turned green 722nd place what was the cash line? I, I can't do this on, on camera. Do you guys like watching this? Is there is this like interesting to watch me fill out the spreadsheet? I'll do it later, but I did want to put that in there. Now let's head over to the baby spy. The baby spy, um, this was another construction that I because I saw in and, and Leone got me on this of basically we saw a lot of movement on Mahomes' ownership. Late in the week. And Dak's ownership, who I think we all assumed was going to be much higher earlier in the week, he ended up being the odd man out. Everyone was playing Mahomes, everyone was playing Watson, and everyone was playing Bridgewater. And Dak Prescott's ownership, as we see here in this spy, down to 10%, which is just extremely pal- um, palatable for a team that keeps throwing for 500 yards in a great matchup against the Giants. And so then my thought here was okay, I want to stack in with Gallup and Lamb. I know those guys are going to be relatively um, low owned and they're affordable at 5,400 and 6,000. But then the bringbacks were tricky because Slayton was going to be super chalky and so was Ingram. And so how I've been thinking about these chalkier spots is I don't want to play Slayton and Ingram as a one-off. A few weeks ago, I played a chalky DJ Moore as a one-off and I was really mad at myself for doing that. Because if, if the chalky one-off goes off, it probably means the game stack with that quarterback has gone off too, especially at Daniel Jones's price tag. If Slayton goes off as a one-off, Danny Dimes is going off too. So my thought was I need to overstack it. I, I really need to go all in on this. It gives me a unique lineup and, uh, gives me access to the full game without being too chalky. So that's what I did here. And, um, It it honestly worked out. You know, Slayton paid off his price tag. Ingram could have had such a bigger day. He had that touchdown called back. That was brutal. Lamb and Gallup were fine. And I mean, Prescott leaves that game early. They were going to have to throw a decent amount more there to end the game. So I don't mind this lineup. I still got in my favorite plays. Like I said, Mike Davis, Gibson, and Hopkins. The same three I had from that other lineup. And then just around this other game stack. So I had a fairly tight core and then just played two different game stacks around it. This one missed the cash line by a little bit more. What was the cash line here? 450th, and I finished in 582. So 155 to, let's see here, 159. So I missed the cash line by four points. I mean, if Dak doesn't leave early, we get one other Ingram, yada, yada, yada. We could have double-upped min-cash Pete here. Could have been double main cash Pete, but these ownerships on the Cowboys, like how are they this low owned? I mean, this is the the stack. I thought everyone was getting off of because we all thought it was going to be too high owned old Pete would have galaxy brand himself off of this stack. Totally. I would have said no way. Everyone's going to have it. But again, it goes back to people getting funneled to a default construction. When you were jamming in, those high price running backs, people needed to save more money at wide receiver. So even just a few different things, like getting a lamb and Hopkins in here, just put me on a, a slightly different construction than a lot of people. Um all right. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling this morning. Um Gurley Davis double running back is uh interesting. Um, I don't know which lineup I was thumbing through a lot of lineups. So maybe that came up. Yeah. If Dak doesn't go out, you cash easily. I feel good about these lineups, right? Because the thing we've been talking about, yes, I had been on a heater, you know, today was, um, was very modest in comparison. I think overall across my DraftKings lineups, I, I booked a slight loss. I think in total, I was in for, and not counting our tilt space, uh, stuff. I was in for like 600 bucks in in a cup spy single entry, five max, three max. I hand built, hand maxed the $3.20 max throughout the week um and I got back like 500. So I had I booked like a $100 loss on the week on on my personal stuff. But I've been saying the phrase shots on goal, right? Like I feel like these two lineups gave me really good shots on goal. You know, we I was a few things short from from these lineups really going off, right? Like we need Chenault to get in the box on the bring back. We need another Fuller Watson to Fuller touchdown. Like we need a couple other splash play events to really access that ceiling that allows us to crack, you know, the top 10, top 15 or whatever. But these lineups gave me shots on goal. I was live in these. And again, you can go through these. Dak doesn't leave early. Evan Ingram doesn't have that touchdown called back. You know, the Panthers don't give up that field goal at the very end, which docked, I believe, two or three points off of their score. It's just little stuff. We just want to make good lineups and give ourselves a chance to get lucky. We are not going to win every week. It felt like it for a few weeks. You guys like it when I'm tilted? I was tilted yesterday. I was really tilted, especially with this this DAC game. Um, It looked like everything was setting up perfect for that game script. They have another turnover to start the game Zeke gets stuffed at the goal line and we're like here we go again 500 passing yards for Dak Prescott the double stack's gonna get there Amari wasn't doing much and I had Gallup and Lamb I was like here we go and uh we just we just couldn't get there we just couldn't get there things didn't shake out man CeeDee Lamb looks great though that guy's a superstar $6,000 salary we're not gonna see that for too much longer or maybe we will with Dalton coming in, maybe their prices will stay affordable. I think we're about to find out who the true alphas are in this Dallas offense. You know, I feel like backup quarterbacks, the The knock would be they can't go through their progressions. Look at me putting on my hard hat here, getting a film grinder take, but Andy Dalton's not going to be able to support Gallup and Lamb and Amari and Schultz like Dak was. And we'll see here. Does he have eyes for Lamb eyes for Amari? I, I'm, I'm betting on Lamb, man. I think this guy's a superstar. So anyways, that was a film grinder rant from me. Uh, people afraid of Daniel Jones not being able to keep up. Um, what do we got here? Call me the FanDuel thought leader until they post scores. Yeah, we'll take a look at FanDuel here in a second. Um, Gallup is about to smash with Dalton. That, there's a take. There's a take. And uh, Dak might be back before FanDuel pays out. It does seem like that. Can't believe this content is free. It will always be free. Um, yes, Javarius Waller, Mary had a little lamb. Of course, the Irish or Scottish folktale, Mary had a little seedy lamb. Drew Moore says, My wife left me for playing David Johnson again. Yeah, Drew is, Drew is a man that is not afraid to play these gross running backs. Drew, how did we not get on Devonta Freeman? That was the play in that range, man. I I couldn't stomach it because I got so excited about Antonio Gibson. But the the three, I was considering David Johnson. I, I wasn't on Freeman there, but it logically makes sense. It was good leverage on the ownership on Slayton and Ingram. His role had been expanding. You know, it seemed like they were working him in after signing him with the hopes of making him their main back. It, but it still felt a little gross. You just don't know. Is is Gallman, is Lewis, is it going to be this three-way split? Are they going to be down a ton and Freeman's not going to catch passes? But man, Freeman was that play. He was the good the good mid-fives play that had access to a ceiling and nice leverage. I wish I would have thought more about that. I did. Um, all right, let's check in on the Bankroll Challenge League. If you guys have any other questions, uh, I will get them. I just start, once the train leaves the station, I just start rambling, and, and so I miss questions. So if you guys want to talk about any other interesting construction things, I'm down to do it. In first place, we have Comad Ose. See that I I need like a phonetic uh, pronunciation next to all of these names, but let's check out this team here. Really nice double stack Mahomes to Watkins and Kelsey. Again, the nice thing about the double stacks when you go with one of the cheap options is you just have to be right in a big way about one of them in a field size like this. We only have 150 people in this. Should we make it bigger this week? Should we make it 200? Can we fill 200? Maybe, maybe after I review this, we'll, We'll spin this up and uh, we'll get we'll make it 200. Um, what else do we have here? Brings it back with rugs. Love that call. Love that call at 4,700. I saw a stat today. Let me read it to you. Henry Ruggs, he's averaging 29 and a half yards per reception. And he only has six receptions on the air. Just an absolutely massive average depth of target. Pretty impressive there. So I love that. And then he had uh, three running backs there, you know, the two of the chalk ones, Elliot Mike Davis, not a surprise to see Antonio Gibson, a little bit higher ownership in the Bankroll Challenge League because you guys are sharp. And then uh, he played Slayton as the one-off. Now, I don't, I don't love, you know, we were just talking about that. I don't love playing the chalky one-offs, but it can obviously work. And I think it's, it's especially fine um, in a, in a contest field this size. My guess would be that this individual built their lineup and built it around their double stack with the bring back, got in their running back plays that they wanted and then had less than what $4,800 left. And was like, Hey, Slayton's a good play, which he was. And he fits. So I, I, I don't mind that. Um, I don't think it's something you want to do for, for larger field stuff, but, uh, I don't mind that play at all here, but really nice lineup there. And then, uh, Getting the Browns D, you know, I was kind of punting it off at defense like usual. What did I do? I had Panthers, I believe, in both. Yeah. So getting up to some of these higher-priced Ds that got 13 points or, you know, some of these, who else went off? Everyone, did everyone have Browns in here? Wow, look at all you guys. All you had the Browns. We're the There's a Dolphins. Now that's a nice play at 2400 But anyways, congrats to Komad Very nice lineup. Ships, the listener league. Here we go here. Is there a single process-related reason you can think of to look at Claypool last week? I honestly can't. I honestly can't. Let's pull back up this winning lineup from that had Claypool, and this is what I'll say. I mean, his handle is Steelers 1482. So might have been a little bit of a homer pick here. This is why I have a hard time doing it. And it's not because it's just so off the board. It's the price tag. At 4,100... That is that's cost prohibitive to me at 4100. If he's the stoneman, I mean, I can see it with the likes of Claypool and Olamidi and, and Jeff Smith. um so he's coming off of a four target game. He'd been hovering here at a couple targets. I guess you could say, you know he had a touchdown like I don't know. We, we we assumed he would be the fourth wide receiver. And maybe the fifth target, if you include Ebron, we had Deontay Johnson back. We have Juju and we have James Washington who runs as the three there. And then Ebron I at 4,100 in a game environment that wasn't projected to be a total shootout. I, I don't know how you get on him from a good process standpoint. I don't know. So it, and it did take an injury, right? Deontay Johnson left the game. And I, I mean, I haven't seen the snap splits, but I assume the majority of his snaps all came after that injury. And also there's, you know, they, the coaches talk about, you know, feeding the hot hand. I mean, how are you going to take Chase Claypool off the field when he's scoring a touchdown every time he touches the ball? So yeah, I mean, a sick, sick play. I don't think it was a good process play, but man, he's the one with a hundred thousand dollars and I'm the chump here talking into a mic at 10.30 a.m. on a Monday. I thought the KC game was going to have higher ownership, everyone Galaxy branding each other. Yeah, this is a new trend. And I was talking about it with Leonie and Holka last night, but we have to be cognizant to these moves in ownership late in the week. Because think about how this happens, right? People come out with their content earlier in the week, the first looks, and people point out the best points per dollar plays. I'll pull up Derek Carty's, projections when we're doing the cast, I'll sort by points per dollar. I'll be like, wow, Darius Slayton's an insane value. Wow. Brandon Cooks is an insane value again. So is DJ Moore. You see that stuff. Then the content hive mind gets rolling throughout the week and everyone's talking about these plays. And then there's the reaction to it. Everyone's saying, okay, everyone's talking about Darius Slayton. Yeah. He's a good points per dollar play. Yeah. It's a pace up spot. Yeah. He's seeing a ton of air yards. Yeah. The Cowboys suck against wide receivers. And then come the boo birds, then come the contrarian GPP players. Then they say, well, he's too chalky. His his downside risk isn't baked into this ownership percentage. He doesn't have a high enough target floor to warrant this kind of ownership. And then the pendulum starts to swing back a little bit. And then what we have to do as DFS players on Saturday night and Sunday morning is decide where did that pendulum end up? So on DAC, we saw the ownership getting out of control. And then it started to swing back. Everyone wanted to play Mahomes. And it ended up becoming a palatable play. And this is why I actually think it's a combination of looking at updated ownership and also building out. I don't play cash, but I think building out like cash-like lineups or chalky lineups is really helpful because you see the constructions that people are going to get on. And when you do that, you start to have these light bulb moments of, okay, Dak Prescott isn't going to be super owned. You know, everyone's going to be playing Watson, Bridgewater, and Mahomes. And I'm talking about many smaller contests, right? The Millie maker stuff, like none of the ownership on the quarterbacks generally gets too out of hand, but we see in the single entry and three max that the top plays, it gets polarized, right? Like if you think about projected ownership in a single entry or three max, say a quarterback's projected over 20%, he's probably going to overshoot that in single entry and three max. He'll probably be closer to 25, 30 because people gravitate to the best plays. And then the middle chunk of ownership probably stays relatively even like in the, you know, I don't know, the eight to 18%. Like those guys will probably be pretty reflective of how they're projected. And then the guys underneath that are going to go way under owned because people just aren't going to get to them. So that's the way I think about how the three max and single entry affects ownership. Um, but yeah, we, we got to stay on top of it. We really have to stay on top of it because this stuff changes. Um, All right. Let's see here. Um, I will say this, the wide receivers from 3,700 to 4,200 were gross. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this slate was very condensed. There weren't a ton of options and that's why I think everyone getting on similar constructions ended up being a big advantage and why I ended up liking this slate because I knew I wanted to pay up for DeAndre Hopkins. And that was immediately going to make my lineups unique. Um, Winner in the engage eight had Claypool and Fulgham. That is, that is so sick. That is unbelievably sick. They, they, they need a show. I will give them, I'll give them my show. If whoever, Play Chase Claypool and Travis Fulgham wants to come and do a stream on my channel. I will allow. I will produce it. I will sit in the background and let you talk about your process. Um, yeah, Claypool had a price increase the past two weeks with no real target increase. Yeah, the DraftKings algorithm too sharp, too sharp. Um, maybe this ownership weirdness is people not playing double stacks. Yeah, it is weird. Like. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore were very highly owned and yet Teddy didn't get out of control. Let's see if we could find a, a classic. I want to just see if I can find the Robbie ownership, you know, Robbie at 32.8%. I guess. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater up here at 17%. That that's owned people, but it does to your point. I wonder how many people did the Bridgewater to DJ and Robbie. Robbie as a one-off there. Yeah, let's see here. What kind of ownership would convince you to get off the main stacks of Mahomes, Watson, Teddy, and Dak? Yeah, so I would say, just like in general, and it's obviously very slate-specific, but... It in the reason it's specific is it has to do with the pieces that you can stack them. I never really got on Teddy that much because I didn't want to stack him with a super chalky DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I thought those guys were great plays and it's a condensed offense, but I immediately know that I'm going to be matching a lot of the field with those three plays. So I think the tiebreaker for me is then looking at the pieces I'm stacking with. Like Dak, I didn't care that much about his ownership. Because I knew Lamb and Gallup weren't going to be outrageously owned. And then Dak, I knew, wouldn't get out of control either with the other options. So I think it's looking at who you want to stack him with and how chalky are those pieces. So then in Mahomes, it's like you're probably only going to be able to fit one of Kelsey or Hill. And Kelsey ended up being relative. Let's see what was Kelsey in this. 13.2%, so actually not that high. So if, if you knew you were going to do Watkins or Hardman with with uh, Kelsey, that's completely viable because again, none of those pieces have gotten out of hand. And then back to why I wasn't really considering Daniel Jones, similar to Teddy. If I stack him with Ingram and Slayton, I'm already just on a super chalky construction and I could get unique elsewhere, but I knew I wanted to play Mike Davis and I knew he was going to be popular. So all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, there's four spots where I'm just massively eating the chalk and then it just gets harder. So I'm thinking about how owned are the pieces with the quarterback and how's that going to impact the overall chalkiness of uh, of my lineup here? Miss Kristen, what was your what was your team in the uh in the listener league? I'll pull it up. Uh I don't know what your what your name is in here. Oh, of course, Davis Maddock just jamming his cash game lineup in the bankroll challenge. Disgusting. Um, Kristen, tell me what your team name was and we'll we'll take a look at it here. Tenth place. Oh, here you go. Hemtep. Let's see what you got here. Okay, so you did do the Teddy, Mike Davis, and Robbie Anderson. I, I think that is uh, perfectly viable with how much Mike Davis catches passes. You didn't bring it back. I'm curious, did did you consider bringing it back with uh, with Ridley or, or any of those pass catchers? You played Slayton and Ingram as one-offs. Okay, oh, Miss Kristen, I think you have a case of chalkitis here as I'm breaking this all down. But you did get a nice one-off play as Tyreek Hill. Um, this is a, this is a nice lineup. It's, it's definitely chalkier than I would go. It, it may, my chalkitis is flaring up reviewing it, but you nailed, you nailed all of the top plays. You got Slayton, you got Robbie Anderson, you got Zeke, you got Mike Davis. Kristen played the best plays. Sometimes that's all you got to do. I think that can be a hard strategy long term for winning tournaments because basically what happens is when you're playing this many chalky guys, you're basically playing like against the field, like a two V two or a three V three. It's like, we're all going to throw out these six spots in our lineup. Cause we're just going to collectively own it. Similar to what happens in cash games. And then it's like, I need my Tyree kill to beat your Deandre Hopkins or whatever the one-offs end up being. So it can just be hard, but when the chalk hits or the play, the blessed plays, the blessed plays hit, you're going to finish top 10 in the Bankroll Challenge. Congrats. Miss Kristen there. Um can anyone venture a guess to the FD cash line? I cannot. I cannot. Um here was my team. So I made I made one team on FanDuel, on FanDuel. I haven't I haven't been playing a lot on FanDuel. God damn it, I can't stop doing that. But I put one team in in five or six single entries. And this is the team. It's actually a pretty good team, but we'll never know. I had Deshaun Watson. I did the same double stack. This one I got Cooks in because I knew I didn't have Cooks on my DraftKings bigger single entries. So I did the Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks with Chenault bring back. I jammed in two of the, the chalkier running backs, Mike Davis and Zeke. That worked out well. Kittle was the only part that didn't work out. Obviously, he uh, he had kind of a rough game. I, I legitimately tried to get up to Kelsey because I knew – Kelsey and Kittle, the ownership was going to be out of control on Kittle, on FanDuel, on FanDuel, but I couldn't make it work because I also wanted to play Ridley. It was over on DraftKings. I was jamming Hopkins everywhere. I wasn't going to be able to fit him here, so Ridley was my consolation prize, and then I get Dallas D. Like This is a solid lineup. I, I assume, I assume I'm going to cash in some of these, but we'll never know. I mean, I really had nice games from everyone except Kittle. Should be fine. Maybe I'll wake up a millionaire. No, this isn't a millionaire winning team, but I think it's a it's a cash. I think this thing cashes. Um, Reese says, most of the wide receiver chalk hit this week outside of the 3K guys who didn't need to hit and more just helped construction. Yeah, the chalk did, did pretty well this week. Pretty well. Um, yeah, if I was able to fit in Kelsey there, then I would be a millionaire in about two months when the scoring finishes. Um, Let's see. Over in the Road Grinders chat, uh, DJ, a dog 3K says, who's taking a stab on Andy Dalton? Oh, there will be touts. People will be touts. Who did the Cowboys play this week? Cowboys. Oh, God. Oh, it's Monday night. It's Monday night football. Andy Dalton, showdown captain. That's going to be a fun – that'll be a fun showdown slate. And then in two weeks, he gets Washington, then the Eagles, then the Steelers. So, I mean, cards – cards, uh, Washington, Eagles aren't too intimidating. Dalton could get going here. Um, Let's see. What else we got? Oh, yeah, I wanted to make – I wanted to spin up the week – um, the contest for this week because sometimes I forget. I – Here's the here's the deal, guys. No, we're not doing that. Go back. If I make this 200, it better fill. We we filled 150 early last week. We can uh, we can do that. Let's see here. I am going to do this. What am I doing? Why can't I? What is going on? Do they not have it up yet? They might not have it up. They don't have it up yet. I have to wait. I have to wait. So I will make this uh, this uh league. Oh, there's one other thing I'm, I need to do. And I wanted to mention this on the stream here, and I'm going to get it pulled up. But Siler, he is a, a Bankroll Challenge viewer, and he uh, reached out to me the other week and said, hey, we should get a Discord going for the people in the Bankroll Challenge league. And... I forgot to put it in the show notes, but what I'm going to do right now is I am going to edit this and I'm going to put it in into the show notes right now. I'm going to say join the discord and we have a few people in there because I mentioned it on a stream. If you refresh this page now, it should be in there, but I made a discord and I don't know what this is going to become. It's just a place right now for people to come and chat. I posted links to the contests I was playing yesterday and some of my teams in there. And um, and yeah, we'll just we'll just see how it goes. So if you want to come hang out in the Bankroll Challenge Discord, I just put the link in the show notes. And um, yeah, we're gonna keep it like I'm not gonna be spamming it on Twitter and all that stuff. We're just gonna keep it for the real ones for you guys. And um, and yeah, we'll we'll chat it up in there and uh, we can talk. We can talk all the good stuff about single entry three max strategy. Willis join the Discord. Yeah. So uh good stuff. Thank you to Siler for organizing and getting that rolling here. Um, yeah, yeah, Kristen. Yeah, no, it's uh still unique because of small field. Again, yeah, the um that that's the one thing too about, you know, in NFL, we're not worried about being duplicated on a main slate. There's just so many options for for a showdown slate, we have to massively worry about being duplicated. But um, you can definitely play chalk. I just would say that it's going to be hard to consistently win tournaments playing the chalk, um, that much chalk. But again, it, w- it was a great lineup. It was a very good lineup. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Ken Man, welcome to the party. FanDuel stat provided, still messed up. Yes, I will refresh this right now, but I believe it is still Messed up. Oh, I forgot. I don't have my screen up. Um, yeah, I don't. Come on. Yeah, nothing. Still not here. It, it's it's wild. It really is wild. So, um, yeah. So join the Discord. When the. Here's what I'll do. Uh, I will pin. Once I set up the listener league, I will pin it in the comments below this video. So you, I believe if you're in the league, you'll get notified. If not, you can come and check the link in the comments here, I'll put it up and I'm going to make it 200 this week. You guys better fill it. I'm going to make it 200. Appreciate you guys hanging out as usual. We, uh, it wasn't a great week. It wasn't an awful week. To me, it was, it was just like a, a stay the course week. You know, I feel like I made one mistake and I don't even know how big of a mistake it was in that I didn't consider the triple stack even though I knew I liked Brandon cooks, it just, my brain didn't get there. I didn't get past some of the constraints I had set up in my head for how to build lineups. And, and that's fine. Now that's something we learned this week that we, that it's okay to triple stack if it involves some of these cheap guys, especially at tight end. And we really like a game. So that's, that's one of my big takeaways from this week. Uh, otherwise I'm feeling pretty good about my process. Uh, And I feel, I feel dialed in. I feel like we're going to have some big weeks coming again. And, uh, you know, we haven't gotten the big score for the bankroll challenge for the spreadsheet. I want the big score for the spreadsheet. So we're going to get there. We are going to get there. I think we're dialed in guys and, uh, always enjoy hanging out with you guys on a Monday morning, talking back the slate. If you guys are not subscribed to the channel, please, please subscribe. We've been adding lots of YouTube subscribers. It's been fun to see uh, more and more of you guys coming over here. If you're watching on rota grinders hit their subscribe button. Hit the like button. You can join the Discord. We'll keep winning together. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you on Friday for another Bankroll Challenge Build Show. Those are at 12 p.m. Eastern. Haven't booked a guest yet, but, man, I've been having fun talking with with other people who think about tournaments in ways that are similar to me and different. I mean, Eric buying was great having head chopper. We had blender, we had dink. So lots of good stuff. Like that's the, these two shows are meant to be like those companion pieces for how to think about a slate, how to think about building lineups and then how to look back and review your process, not just the results, but how the process went. So honestly, if you're, if you're trying to get better at DFS, like me, I think um, you'll enjoy that show on Friday, especially where I just ask questions that I'm curious in knowing uh, from other smart people. So that's the deal. We will see you guys next time. This has been the bankroll slash single entry challenge.